Do you know what? I just went to the bathroom before the show, and our whoosh sounds a lot like a toilet flushing. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. That's sad. <laughs> because you watched Whoosh Star Crash. <laughs> our sanitation <laughs> engineer, Michael Clink, the good Dr. Alan Barris. Dr. L-U-V, love, Dr. Love Barris, and me, Mike Vanderpool, the man with the mask, the myth, the legend, because you watched Star Crash. Today we're here to talk about a 1974 masterpiece. It was awesome. Zardoz, a Sean Connery starring production. Yes. And I'm going to let you, Clink, since you picked this, tell us more about it. Good luck. Having this mask on sucks, bro. Can we do the reveal now? Oh, did you have to. Did you? Did you? Did you do you what have I think to you de- did? You have to describe Sean Connery's character first. <laughs> I have joined the cult of Zardoz. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, boys and girls, children of all ages, the mustache <laughs> you've been waiting for. He's I an wish exterminator. I wish I'd have thought of it earlier. I could have worn a mask for like a week and actually come in with a full Sean Connery mustache for you guys. That would have been awesome. Well, but this is the best I can do in one well, day's you see, notice. Sean Connery was supposed to be not Sean Connery. <laughs> Zed was supposed to be played by Burt Reynolds. Yes, that would have been amazing. And your mustaches actually look closer to Burt. So <laughs> yes. there you go. So people at home visualize my mustache, <laughs> which I'll be shaving tonight. Because dear God, I just can't say things. Now. Miss, Mrs. Vanderpool probably. Doesn't like your mustache. No, she she hates it. Yes. (laughs) So let's go for a ride on the mustache. Zardoz. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to the studio, Doc. (laughs) Alan, yes, I'm so glad Alan's here today for this. So, Kling, tell us about this film and why you picked it and why it is uh, whatever. So I had a uh, movie trailer voiceover, but I think I'm going to go with my second choice of how to tell the story. I'm going to try and go as, as high pitch as I can. Alan, have you ever dreamed about being in the future and being an exterminator to the populace that aren't unclean and not following your God? Maybe. Have you ever wondered if you ever actually followed your God back to their lair that you could liberate them from their immortality? After shooting, my God. But anyway. Um, <laughs> yes. Mm, possibly. Well, then I have the movie for you. It's called Zardoz. Ah, it sounds like my <laughs> dreams. Can I just touch on the fact that Clink tried to do a high-pitched voice and then realized he couldn't go any higher than he is already? <laughs> no, natural I, level. I, 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 I could have gone, but I didn't want to do that. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, Zardoz. 1974 film. Uh, Fox did the um was the distribution company i don't know exactly everything and uh john borman is the director uh who is noted for doing uh deliverance and Ooh. he i don't remember the other thing that he was noted for but uh, but deliverance was his big thing which is why again they had burt reynolds in mind for this role and then when burt uh was unavailable they apparently got the next hairiest man in hollywood <laughs> and that would be sean connery yeah so the reason why i picked this film was I was looking, f- I googled the weirdest uh, apocalyptic films I could find, and scrolling through, they had Zardoz. I'm like, okay, whatever. But then the neck, the image underneath it was Sean Connery in his red leather diaper, looking over his shoulder at the camera, and it was amazing. So that's why I picked it, Cl- purely on that, nothing else. Nice choice. <laughs> 
Well, that's how everybody remembers this movie. Now, in fact, if you do a image search for Zardoz, you will find, I think it's either the first or second picture will be Connery in the red I, leather diaper. I Googled it this morning. It's the first thing. First I cannot yes. unsee that. Yep. And you shouldn't have to because it's amazing. No, it's not amazing. This is. I just awful. made my boss look at that. Actually, she volunteered to look at it after I told her about the movies. Nice. So. She oh. did? She sullied her own mind. I wasn't responsible. Oh. You talk to, do you talk to our boss about what we do in here? On occasion, when she right. asks me, why are you here today when you are not usually here on Wednesdays? And I, that's why you need an office in a remote corner of the campus. No well, <laughs> it's almost remote. Yes. I watched this whole thing almost in a row. Congratulations. I fell asleep. Actually, I didn't fall asleep. I was like, I looked at Jackie. I looked back at Zart at Zed. I looked back at Jackie and said, let's go to bed. And we went to bed. <laughs> And then I woke up the next morning and finished watching it. Okay. Yeah. It's, 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 I have notes. I don't know if I'm going to open them up because I'm trying to forget this movie. Why? Because well, it's bad. Yeah. You will never forget Zardoz. It's like, it's either the most spiritually conscious film ever or it's complete trash. Um, so like, it's complete trash that's trying to be the most spiritually aware film ever. And yes, um, I agree. It's uh, kind of not succeeding on that. It's kind of making everything up. Yeah, it's a lot of bull malarkey. How's that for a, a word? Lot of it's a lot of malarkey. It's pretentious. Malarkey we, is we, a good word. Would we call this pretentious? Is that a good word? Yes. Yeah. Zardoz was an attempt at pretentiousness. It was an attempt at doing a high science fiction film in the tradition of 2001. And in fact, that's the big comparison piece. If you want to know what the hell was John Borman trying to do, he was trying to make his own 2001. What's the and he failed? The tagline on the poster is something about uh, yeah, two, 1984 and 2001. Mm. Yeah, and I'm like, if 1984 and 2001 had a crack baby, it would be this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess. Yeah. I mean, but okay, so so it starts out, and I felt like it has some Shakespearean, like Borman thinks he's Shakespeare a little bit, doesn't he? To a certain extent. It um, starts out with a floating head. Which was added, as IMDb noted, because the studio thought the movie was too confusing. <laughs> and guess what? And they it tried didn't to, help. They it's tried just to, like the voiceover at the beginning of Dune, which yeah. kept getting longer and yes. longer based on the later editions. I'm going to fade out and come back in and fade out and come back in. Like, what? Yeah. And then yeah. The, the floating head says, this is my story. Yet he comes in at the barely at the beginning and then at the end. Barely at the end. Yes. Enough time to be killed twice. <laughs> yes. And, and it's not enough. He just needed to be killed a few he, more times. It would have been delightful. I, I think the real reason that they didn't, that they had to wait to, to shoot it wasn't, wasn't to help clarify the story. It was like they couldn't find a Sharpie to draw his mustache and beard. What was up with that? I don't know, man. Can that guy not grow facial hair? And if so, then can they just put... Like, I did this in facial? a day. I mean, it's yeah. possible. <laughs> Um, the only thing that potentially now that I think about it is this film is very androgynous. Like the women are all very, how do I say this? Flat chested. <laughs> it's the seventies. Yes. They're flat chested. The men have, uh, female styled haircuts. <gasps> typically the clothing that they wear, even the females are wearing like cod piece looking things. They're all wearing the similar, uh, uh, blouses. Galaxy Lords. Yes. This movie is. <laughs> 
this movie is... At least their stuff isn't off the rack. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. It that's might true. be off the rack bad Ren fair, but it's not... Yeah. Um, but, but I'm wondering if that was like a little farcical attempt at the god in the, of this androgynous society, whatever, um, trying to relate to the... Uh, the Brutals or whatever Zed's people are called. The well, it's no accident that it's the hyper-masculine dude who comes back and saves society. It's again, oh, we're losing our masculinity. Mm. Be, well, Gee, even, I've never heard that argument before. <laughs> yeah. They even explain that, though, in the movie. And we're kind of getting ahead, though. But they say that since they became immortal, they weren't going to reproduce. And since they, since they weren't going to reproduce, the man stops... Uh, uh, Became sterile, pretty much stopped uh, wanting to have those urges of sexuality. Well, what else can you expect when the scripture says the penis is evil? (laughs) All right, all right. Now, the gun is good. (laughs) Allow me to properly quote scripture. Thank you. (laughs) Wait, scripture according to Zaraz? Yes. Okay, okay, go ahead. The only scripture that matters. (laughs) Yes. I mean, seriously, like if my Ecclesiastes religion falls through, I'm going straight Zardoz. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to, <laughs> haven't you already I'm going to Zardoz? skip a few lines because it gets boring, but the gun is good. The penis is evil. And then there's some more that we don't care about. Go forth and kill. Yes. So before we get too much into all the other thing that this movie is, um, I think I would like to just get some clarification on who the freak these people are. And maybe our listeners at home would appreciate that as well. Well, so, I would recommend highly, <clears throat> highly that they actually like watch the movie though. Oh so, yeah. Just because, well, it, it helps on two times speed. I mean, I guess, uh, no, you kind of need to suffer. Yeah. <laughs> it's, so, it's a movie that you must experience to no pain. <laughs> It's like summoning a Cenobite. <laughs> you have to have no pain to do it. Sean Connery is an exterminator. Exterminators worship Zardoz. Um, and the giant floating head. The giant floating head. In order to become closer to Zardoz, they go around and they exterminate the unclean, the, the lower. The, the brutals. The brutals, Even yes. though the exterminators are brutals themselves. Yes. Yeah, that this is, why, the this very is why things get confusing. Yeah. I have theories. Well, we'll get back to the theories, though. Is, so there, there's different classes, right? You right. have uh, the brutals, which are the lowest class, poor. I mean, the way they're dressed, the they're dirty folk, and poor. Yeah. The commoners, right? Yeah. And then you have the, uh, what are Zed's people? The exterminators. Yes. Which is Sean Connery, Zed, our main character. Um, his group of people are exterminating the brutals uh, and are serving the the ruling class. Without kind of, knowing it. Right. Um, and that serving is their God. That is the group of people who are there's the apathetics. Well, the uh, the whole group of people call, are called the Eternals. The Eternals. But within okay. the Eternals, you have yes, the apathetics. The okay. The renegades. So there's three major classes: Eternals, Exterminators, and and Brutals. Mm-hmm. And then within the wow, dude, I'm actually getting this movie now. Yeah. With <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> It is ungettable. It must be the drugs kicking in. With within the Eternals, there are the apathetics and others that are um, the, and the renegades, the moral the renegades, renegades. I guess yeah. is what they call. Them. Yeah. Okay. 
Sweet. This isn't hard to follow. Are you kidding? It was hard to follow. I'm listening to you talk about this. I'm so confused. It's like high school algebra all over again. All right, all right. Now, while we were discussing the various classifications of people, it occurred to me another influence on this, which I'm kind of ashamed of myself for not spotting, given that I've read a lot of 18th century stuff. Uh, This is Gulliver's Travels. Really? Yeah, never this is read like, that. This is like an additional leg of Gulliver's oh, Travels. Outside was just a Lilliputin, Lilliputin part of it. There's yeah, well, other well, places there's, as well. There's uh, Laputa, which is the third um, stage, which is actually pretty close to this, where he just runs into just piles of people. I just in very different classifications, and and again, uh, Swift is very big on creating imaginary factions because, as an Irishman, uh, he realized it was constantly commenting on the fact that human beings hated each other, and you know, are you know trying to exterminate his people. But anyway, um, which was quite legitimate. Uh, uh, again, a, a charge to be leveled against the English at that point uh, as. Uh, modest proposal leads us to Mm -hmm. but again we've got these imaginary classifications of people it's a satire it's supposed to be saying something deeper about our society at the same time as being kind of ridiculous uh is that what it's saying what's the deepest part of our society is just pure and utter nonsense yes if you dig far enough it's trying to achieve some level of like bam now i understand much like at the end of 2001 we have Boom, star baby. Now we're supposed to understand everything. We don't, but hey, it, it, it feels like we did some work that day. Uh, Zardos just feels like we went to work and someone just punched us in the groin the entire time. We achieved nothing yeah. and it just hurt. Trying to follow the... the. I wanted to do a test I didn't have time for. I wanted to just watch this movie without the audio track. To try to understand it more, to see if like the words get in the way of understanding it. Like if it does a good enough job visually differentiating there's, who things are and what's going on. There's a lot of explanation though within the dialogue that help that does it isn't there. I don't know if it helps or actually hinders because you get into Nietzsche. They, I mean, he's he's all over the place with like he's just like, oh, I'm gonna drop this philosopher here and this religion here, and I'm gonna drop yeah. snippets of everything. Mm-hmm. And Lou, look at me, I'm a really smart. Filmmaker. Oh, he's trying to be Frank Herbert too, but anyway, who's that? Author of Dune. Oh, right on. Yeah, come uh, on, bro. So, um, that said, though, I got laid in high school. It's okay. Oh, my. Actually, actually, no, I didn't. (laughs) You must say, what? I didn't. (laughs) We were supposed to have that podcast where it, okay. Uh, No, it was way after high school. So, Frank Herbert was author of Dune. (laughs) There we go. You guys think that's getting cut. That has to stay in there. Yeah, exactly. Abstinence, kid, it's the only way not to have babies. Which is this movie about not having kids? Because they don't have kids, right? They're immortals that live forever. They have a kid at the end. But that's because... In a dark, alert. somber, crazed ending that doesn't make any damn it, sense. But I, Well, we can get to that. So should we start at the beginning? <laughs> Probably should start at the beginning now. Let's see. The penis is evil. <laughs> I, ha- I actually... So I was actually paying attention to this, but I had to stop and rewind to make sure that you heard what I heard there. Mm-hmm. So um, at that point, I knew that this entire movie was going to be a WTF moment. Actually, it was the the Sharpie mustache that yeah, cued yeah, me yeah. in at the very beginning. Yeah, with um, the spinning head and yeah, um, other badness. But then, like, for my notes, I don't have a lot of things because I am just was really confused. But as it starts out, our main character, Zed, is uh, leading the, 
group of or a part of the exterminator groups and then they come upon the floating head that is Zardoz or is the representation of Zardoz or what is Zardoz actually? Zardoz yes. is, is yeah. sort of the imaginary um, manifestation of Arthur Frayne. This idea that he is, it's this character he's created to fool the outside and he world. Admi- he admits that right up oh, front. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, in, in, Which in unfortunately gives away a huge chunk of the movie that, you know, it's it gives away like the big it gives away like everything actually yeah. mm-hmm. including the major illusion uh that's in the title of the movie zardoz oh <laughs> all right fine all right spoiler alert for those of you foolish enough to listen to this podcast without having seen the movie zardoz is the wizard of oz oh with yes, the, yes. With the front part Sorry. of it chopped off so we've got uh, Frayne being this fake charlatan god right from the beginning. Uh, there, uh, he's the man behind the curtain, and um, unlike um, his predecessors in all of this, um, in in charlatanery, uh, he has no charisma, and I have no idea why anyone trusted him with it with anything, much less an ant farm, much less the entire outside world and food production. They but, don't care. They obviously don't. That's care. why. Well, we could who, argue that they? they all want to the, die, turn, so turn, they put him in charge so they could die because he sucks and was going to ruin everything, which well, he did. The way I saw it was they don't care about the outside world. They let him do whatever because they even said, well, what has he been doing out there? Like, we don't know. Mm-hmm. And then he wants he's one of the it seems like there's two camps of people, the camp of people that want to keep on going with their lives and then a larger camp of people, the journals that want to die they've been living for what 300 500 years something like that Mm -hmm. so he's arthur frayne who is zardoz is part of the people that want to die and that's the reason why zed comes into flourishing because zed is a mutant amongst a group of mutants who happens to actually be on this giant floating head thing and goes into the vortex, which, by the way, there's not just one vortex. There's a number of vortexes, and these vortexes are what the village of the Eternals, that's where they live. So it's he just killed one, which there are at least five or nine others, at least. So that's, it was really odd. Hmm. My notes scare me a little bit. <laughs> What'd you write down? Um, if looks could kill, as a quote... The cod pieces and the blouses, which we kind of already talked about. Mm-hmm. The bell. There was a bell throughout this whole thing. Did you hear the bell ringing mm-hmm. as a motif throughout this? And then a boner exclamation point. Mm-hmm. I don't know when I wrote that. I should timestamp these things. <laughs> they were talking about boner showed up. <laughs> they were talking about <laughs> the sexual drive of the brutals and the external uh, uh, exterminators because the Eternals don't have a sex drive anymore because right. they don't procreate anymore. And then. They were all, oh, Sean, Zed, they were trying to arouse Zed, and then, yeah, that's probably then, where I said that. Sorry. Yes. yes. I, this is so confusing. Dude, it is. It's, <laughs> you should watch the movie. It's it's really, I liked it. I enjoyed it. Is, it. I'm I trying fun. to make sense. Clink, you liked Natural Born Killers, and we all know that's a bad idea. I love Natural Born Killers. <laughs> yes. As this I pointed, Barris, who were my points. <laughs> but, okay, so, the commandment from Zardoz is, go forth and kill. Yes, which is why he gives them guns. Yeah. If you are a... Instead of penises. (laughs) 
If you are in a society... Guns are the opposite of a penis. How? They, never mind. We're not going to go with there because they have a lot of similarities. But the end result is the opposite. Yes. Okay. That's amazing. Anyways. <laughs> if you're part of a civilization that, that's told to go forth and kill, how is your civilization still around? Because... I'm assuming at first when I first watched this, I assumed okay, they're they're just going out and killing things, and if they are, then what's stopping them from killing one another if they're trying to be closer to Zardoz? And if that's the case, then how are they still alive past one generation? Um, reasons? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> movie uh, magic. Clink. I, that, I guess that was the my awesome my first organizational power of Zed. <laughs> Who is wearing thigh-high boots and a red leather diaper, despite being apparently a mastermind. And he a telekinetic, is. as we discover later on. A genius. And He's a, a mutant. Genius. Because he was genetically engineered to kill the Eternals. Which is crazy. Spoilers. So. <clears throat> oh. Yeah, ready? go ahead. You ready? Because I'm, I'm just. I'm, I'm, I'm looking through my notes. And you ready for theory time? Yes. Yes. Okay. So my you, theory here's here's what I have to say. You have to carry this entire episode because I'm looking at my notes and I just <laughs> I don't have notes, even though I do. Mike, Alan and I usually do carry these. <laughs> Zing. Uh, anyway, no, no. And okay. that's reset here. The asshole is Michael Clink. Uh, <laughs> the good doctor, Alan Barris, and me, Mike Vanderpool, with John Shirley. Hi, guys. Or, so you probably want to cut out your name and have no association with us, don't do you? Don't you? I don't, the phrases. I, I don't care. Yeah. I, I'm going to push back on whoever said it's a red leather diaper. That's not a diaper. That's something far worse. Like a speedo. It's like it's not a speedo. <laughs> it might as well be for how tight that thing is. Can, Dear, can but it's God. not tight. Yes. <laughs> yes. Banana hammock. That was a bar in Florida I never went to. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. You can't say that. So, theory time. The Brutals are also immortal. Immortal or mortal? Sorry. Immortal. Okay. Um, either that or they are immortal, but they just keep being replenished. So then the exterminators have to go out and kill the Brutals in order for uh, 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 Arthur to keep breeding them because in the giant head at the beginning you see people in uh plastic coverings which it doesn't make sense for them to be there unless because they they would usually be grown in the, the tabernacle so he is regrowing brutals to release them out into the world so that the exterminators can kill them so that he is breeding the most ferocious the most uh uh, uh, uh mutiny mutant he can have the most manly mutant. Manly. Let us get to the hairy. core of the matter here. <laughs> yes. It has to be somebody manly, and hairiness is the sign of manliness in this case, because 70s. Yeah, and every immortal, you could argue they look the same, male right. and female. There is no sexuality in the, Done, in the Eternals. Sorry. Done partially because of the 70s, and also oh. partially <laughs> that's who... That's women in seventies movies. Because so. I, I think I put this in our in our chat, uh, damning you, Clink, for making me watch an art film, right? But then I didn't see a male rear end or or a penis, so I I knew or full frontal you saw female a drawing movie. of one. So I knew it. You wasn't saw art Sean film. Connery running around at a fetish outfit. <laughs> yeah, but that, that's 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 an art. Art film has to have bush. Oh, nope. I think. Look at Sean Connery's body. <laughs> <laughs> he is, but he's he's like me. He's got the hair from like the elbow down, but then up here he's kind of, kind of, kind of. That's smooth. because he's a Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I thought about doing a Sean Connery for this whole episode, but I can't do it. 
What? That doesn't sound. Yeah, that sounds you like a shopper. <laughs> Damn it, her back. Yes. <laughs> what in the world was going on with his braid in this too? Like, his what? His braid. Is that what that is? Yeah, yeah it's the, a braid. Yes. Later on, it, it comes out of the braid and it's long and flowy, but it's still in a ponytail because he's learned. What has he learned? <laughs> we we do that at the end. Thank no, you. No, not what have you guys <laughs> learned? Today? I have learned nothing. Alan so. had something though. You're gonna you're gonna drop some logic. All right. So it's not logic, but uh, <laughs> I will point out one of the influences on Borman, which I've already brought up to my colleagues, uh, is a, a book. Uh, I don't remember what the first book is, but it's a book series about a fellow named Elric. And Elric, uh, the Elric books are written by a fellow named Michael Moorcock. I'll just let that sit there. Anyway, I'm looking at you. Uh, <laughs> I knew that's, that's, that's it could what they not call be, me. <laughs> it could not be overlooked. Anyway, so Elric is a uh, surely don't Google Moorcock. Phrasing. <laughs> All right. Back on track. Back on track. So uh, Elric is a the sort of fallen, a corrupted emperor of this entire race full of corrupted and evil people. And he just won't die. Uh, he it is like stuck around. He's a apparently a manifestation of something called the Eternal Champion later on. Uh, again, uh, he just... He is a symbol of fallenness and corruption. And he was really considered kind of cutting edge science fiction uh, slash fantasy, really fantasy uh, in the late sixties. And uh, Borman would have almost certainly read him because the previous movie that Borman wanted to make was Lord of the Rings. And I can only imagine how terrible the outfits would have been in that. But anyway, yeah, I would pay to see that. Yeah. Would you? I would pay to see the John Borman who directed the opening sequence, not the floating head, not the spinning head of uh, Arthur Frame, mm. but the actual sequence of the floating head coming in. Yeah. If we just, it, if we did not have it floating so damn long either, because it looks really fakey. But once it actually arrives and the guns come spewing out of the mouth and it, that sequence is actually really effective. And then... You're horribly disappointed by what follows because, again, it sets up this great mystery. It's it's kind of mythic. It's kind of cool looking. And then we get stuck in an Irish uh, uh, cottage area for the entire time. It's really, really boring. Yeah. Really boring. After that initial. Oh, look, it's another meeting. Yeah. That's what yes. they do. They're, well, they're Eternals, so nothing really surprises them or excites them, and so they're not going to fight for anything. So then you have this democracy, which apparently they're trying to say democracy is the most perfect society after living hundreds of years because they all just vote on everything. Well, and I got to say, at least it got more done than uh, Occupy Wall Street. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had something, too. I had things, too. So... I mean, are there any, so the whole thing's a WTF moment and we love our WTF moments, but was there anything really that stood out for, from, for you guys? Um, I had, I mean, my WTF moment was when, uh, the character Consuela, 
uh, realizing that she is actually in Dexter, one of my favorite TV shows of all time. <laughs> so what I did after realizing that was like, oh, dear God, I have nothing to talk about in this movie. I'm just going to start looking for tangential things that I can actually bring to the table in the discussion. So, Dexter, what do you guys think about season eight of Dexter? I never saw it. I hate you. <laughs> so, WTF moments, anybody? WTF? Well, I don't have a lot more WTFs, but I do have a pile of quotes. Yeah, this movie is quotable. Well, in its badness, yes. Yes. Um, let's see. It'll burn you, then burn me. Which sounds a lot sexier than it is in the movie. No, that sounds that doesn't what? sound sexy. That sounds like something that I you should look out for if you're. <laughs> well, yes, but get it? Yeah. Okay. It's, good. It, yeah. You murdered your own god by accident. Mm, that's a good one. This mm-hmm. movie, this movie, you could start a religion on this movie. Like if aliens, a if very we, dumb religion. Yeah. If yes. if we kill ourselves. As a, as a society, and a thousand million trillion years from now, an alien race comes in and finds this movie, they would build a religion around it and think that we're all idiots and not be wrong. <laughs> so sure. a few more, and we might need to cut these. We Those will my favorite kind. touch teach you, and you will give us your seed. Oh, that's when I wrote hand job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, exactly. I knew I wrote. I, I was wondering when that would come up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Continue. Yeah, and let's. See. Oh, WTF moment. The uh, when they're projecting stuff on the Sean Connery. Yes. My comment to the boys here was: uh, weirdos projecting shit onto you lib- equals liberal arts education. <laughs> <laughs> There were a lot of similarities in this movie to Natural Born Killers because that was something that was also used. Remember, they projected the subtitles in Natural Born Killers. I think Oliver Stone watched Zardoz. Oliver Stone certainly saw Zardoz. He was certainly on acid, and he (laughs) certainly thought he got it. It explains everything. Yeah, he definitely would have thought he got it. Who is mind? I (laughs) I have two quotes from the tabernacle. So before we talk about the tabernacle, Clink, what the... Is the tabernacle. It's the AI computer. Sweet. Fair enough. That runs everything and yeah. makes everybody perfect. And, and it's, it's, it's manif- manifested as a crystal. Yes. Correct? No, it, it, it is a crystal. It's not manifested because the crystal is the storage unit because the, it. Okay. E so equals MC squared. The, <laughs> the scientific whatever mumbo jumbo about it is um, they store data on fract- fract- what am I saying? fractals of light. And yes. that crystal is actually a giant diamond. So it has infinite fractals of light that it can store on. So it has infinite number of space. So then after a while of it building all this up and also it, it psychically can connect to the other people, it creates its own AI. So two Which quotes. Which are all linked to. Yes. Two quotes. Like the Borg. I cannot give information which may threaten my own security. Oh, I've got that written down. Yes. Yet. I thought that might be something that Alan picked for the tagline, so I'm stealing his thunder. <laughs> And then the tabernacle later says, and this is my favorite line, you have penetrated me. I've got that one. (laughs) After Sean Connery is inside of it. (laughs) Yes. 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 Oh, and following that, the vortex is an offense against nature. (laughs) So, yes, like a lot of things. This is very much, uh, uh, I think this film is about stoicism and every other ism in the world. I was about to say, why just stoicism? Like, there's... So much happening. Oh, I have a WTF moment. Remember the guy with the top hat? 
No. There's a guy that's wearing a top hat, and I can't remember the interaction that Zed is having with him. Damn it. Uh, but it looks like the guy from Willy Wonka, who is like, what's the guy's name who is the bad guy that was like trying to get the, the have the kids steal the gobstoppers? Oh. Smugsworth or Snugglesworth or... I, I don't remember. <laughs> the Bunny Wadsworth or what was Bunny <laughs> Wigglesworth. Bunny Wigglesworth, yes. But I thought that that was the, I thought that that was the same. Wait a minute, wait a minute. The, the chunky one? No, the one that meets... Uh, Why he got Char- a chunky? Charlie, huh? Charlie Bucket in the... <laughs> the one that meets Charlie Bucket in the alleyway. Like Charlie finds a golden ticket, he goes running home and he runs into the, the Smugsworth or whatever it is. The guy with the glasses, the he's bowler He's the competitor hat. candy yeah, guy, isn't he? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, he's, he actually works for, spoiler alert, for... Willy Wonka, but oh. are we talking about the book or the movie? Or does it matter? Which movie? Gosh, <laughs> moving on. So I, uh, Clink, I have a question about art, and this was brought. Yeah. To, this was brought to me by uh, somebody on campus, Mister uh, Mike Jacobs, who has actually seen this movie on purpose, not for a podcast. Oh wow, so, that's nice. Yeah. Um, Shout out to Mike. Yeah. So <laughs> yes, another Mike. Uh, so there's Just what we need. Yeah. <laughs> there's a scene in this movie where, um, and I can't remember. You may have to remind me where Zed. And some of the Eternals are in like a horse barn, stable-ish type place. Yeah. And he's going to... it's an Irish estate there on. Okay. And he's going to... Because uh, it's a cheap location to shoot. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the effects in this were... I don't even want to talk about it. it was like There weren't any, really. Yeah, it's like, here's some mirrors and pretend to make a kaleidoscope, blah, blah, blah. And then a laser-drawn penis. Um, <laughs> but there is uh, uh, an apathetic, yes. which, which my wife equated to teenagers. So, uh, yeah, she's wrong a lot, but don't tell her that. (laughs) Uh, Zed is going to fornicate with an apathetic on a bale of hay, I think is what's going to happen. Remember that? Yeah. And then there's that pose that she does, I think, kind of like after he realizes, hey, I don't want to do it with a necro, whatever. (laughs) Clap. Should we explain what apathetics are? Well, we will in a second because it might be part of the explanation. The question I'm asking you is, uh, uh, Jacobs brought this up and it reminded me uh, and we looked it up the girl with a pearl necklace painting she had like the pearl thing earring. in her head pearl earring is yes. that what it is fuck Bye. <laughs> it wasn't that kind of movie <laughs> <laughs> let's back that up alright so, uh, so, so it's a girl with a pearl earring the girl by with Vermeer pearl, by, okay so yes. I mean, thank you is, Art I, I'm bringing my stuff here. Okay. I was excited when there's when, more I want to talk about with that. Anyways, so yes. so that so is there any significance there, or did were you reminded of that, or not there? I was actually reminded of it when he's running through the inside of the tabernacle, and the people are projected on the the yeah. giant screens as he's running through all the mirrors. Mm-hmm. And uh, I forget her name. The one with all the freckles on her face. Consuela. No, the, no, that the was the other one. one. Oh, that's, that's a tall one. And um, May, May, May. May. Yep. So May is turning around, and she, for like a split second, she actually holds that pose <laughs> of the girl with the pearl earring because she's got um, a, a headdress on that that falls over, and if you look at it from the front, it looks like Egyptian headdress. <laughs> kind of looks like a pair of boxer shorts on your head too. Yes, that too. But well, yes. she, the way she does it, nobody else does it like this. But she, her, she actually looks over her shoulder, and for a split second, you have that pose. Of the girl with the pearl ear. So, what's that painting about? Or, or, or I know, silly question, but like, what would be the symbolism? From what I remember about that painting, nobody really knows uh, who that was. Of course, I could be wrong because it's been a while since I've actually looked into this. And you teach art? I teach art about a lot of artists, <laughs> not just Vermeer. 
But so it was it was a portrait of that. Um, the reason why it's so famous, though, is because of the, the way that the gaze is and the way that it was painted. Vermeer is known for being very photorealistic and, and um, glazing and, and not just doing a black and white under, underpainting, but actually doing a color underpainting and really building up colors and this and that. You guys want to go into more heart history? Because I can no, in this but, movie. But it would be a great opportunity to tell people that you teach painting and that if they want to take painting, they should come see you. <laughs> And sculpture. And sculpture. And drawing. But not not next semester, just painting sculpture. I think I'm taking that class. Really? Yeah, yeah I think so. Oh, Me and Carrington and okay. two of my other associates. That should be um, fun. You're going to accomplish nothing in the class. <laughs> Says you. <laughs> I'm different in my class. So that's the end of my notes. Should we, should we wrap now? <laughs> Alan's got like three pages. Alan, let's go. What do you got for us? All right. So let me see. I think we've covered most of the stuff I've been getting to. Um, oh, we haven't talked about friend actually, who is showed up, who shows up here to kind of be the replacement of Zardoz slash Arthur Frayne because Frayne is dead, uh, and you really get the idea that these guys were in drama club together uh, <laughs> and that they were really bad at it because they are both annoying as hell and they both think they're incredibly incredibly smart and i don't know whether borman thinks that these two guys are really clever and smart or whether he their lameness is part of the joke right that they think they're the cool kids when they really do suck like deeply they're not entertaining they're not deep they're not even intriguing. They're just, they just suck. They're, They're just, just Jersey douchebags. They're not even Jersey douchebags. <laughs> at least, at least they have manliness. <laughs> well, and, and so these guys have been living for hundreds of years. So after a while, one, they know they can't die. Right. Um, and Which if they got to make it irritating, right? If, if you, you know, can't you can't get your books dumped. So watch out nerds. <laughs> <laughs> if you know, you can't die. And you live forever, so you've seen and done everything. Yeah. I mean, it, it's almost like uh, 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 Groundhog Day, where he just learns everything there is in the town and learns skills because there's nothing else to do. And that's pretty much what is here. Like, they have tro- chores. Yeah, I have to make the food this time, or I have to f- uh, serve the food this time. But mostly it's just them, I don't know what, cataloging art, which, by the way, I, that art is an art. I, I, oh, was that the statues and things yeah, that they yeah. kind of symbolically broke there at the end and yeah, then came back yeah. together? Which is funny because the statues, I was like, oh, no, they're breaking in. Then I saw, like, oh, those are casts. Yeah, they're exactly. not even holding the real statues there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> it's like Easter, you know, and when you get a bunny and you just wish it was like milk chocolate all the way through and it ends up being one of those hollow BS pieces of crap. <laughs> that's the way not I felt. Not very good chocolate either. No, that's the way I felt. <laughs> kind of a fine image of Zardoz. Yeah. yeah it, it, An it, Easter bunny? It, no, it looks like it's going to be more only robust this, than it only is. Only if the Easter bunny is full of lies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you sit on the throne of lies. <laughs> no, okay. So oh, I had a great idea. Go ahead. For, for our eighth season. Okay. Movies that start with the letter Z. <laughs> Because this film is so bad, it doesn't even fall on that list. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> like, I, I looked up. Because so I was going to do a goof. I didn't know what to do this episode. Because as you see my notes, I was bringing nothing to the table. So I thought about potentially pretending that this movie, like, changed my life. And coming in and saying to you that I was subscribed now to the religion of Zardoz. <laughs> but I didn't think I'd be able to pull it off long enough for it to be funny. Okay. Then I thought about 
like when we talk about this movie, I was going to replace Zardoz with other Z words for in, in films. So zapped Zodiac Zoolander Zootopia as a goof. So I had a list of Z movies. Is that about it? <laughs> there, no, there's tons, dude. There's really? tons. Yeah, there's tons. That's but everything I could think of. This movie didn't show up on the list. That's funny. And, yeah, that's sad. Well, that's what people think about Zardoz. Oh, that's sad. But anyway, that's so that was my those were gonna be my attempts to contribute to today. <laughs> All right. So a yeah. uh, contribution to the group again. Uh I don't remember why I wrote these two notes down, but I will share them with you now. Number one, and this is why white supremacy is bad. <laughs> There's some Number stuff in two. here, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's very much. Uh, so. Alan, this is an allegory. Yeah. <laughs> he looked it up and everything. <laughs> it's a really bad allegory. Let's see. And then the other uh, uh, contextless line. Connery in the Hall of Mediocre Presidents, where he meets Zardoz again. <laughs> At some point, he's around a bunch of like wax figures of the presidents. And it reminded weird. me of The Simpsons. <laughs> this- we are the mediocre presidents. <laughs> you won't find our faces on dollars or on cents. <laughs> Which Zardoz was in The Simpsons. I would. Like, uh, I want to say more than once. Was, was groundskeeper Willie uh, dressed like as him? I don't remember. Sense. He's the I, only one who really. <laughs> yeah. pulled off. I thought it was some. I thought it was like the superintendent or something. I, I'm blo- <laughs> I'm blown away that uh, this film was Sean Connery after some of his Bond stuff. Well, mm-hmm. this was after Diamonds Are Forever, which wasn't very good. Okay, it's when Connery's career started uh, to do this. For those of you at home, I'm making a downward <laughs> it just trajectory. Said when his career went down, but okay. It's it's his Battlestar Galactic or whatever, Battlefield Earth. I was about to say Battlestar movie. Galactica is amazing. Well, I, meant, I meant the Travolta thing. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, yeah. It, it, yeah. Actually, I would put it in the, what was Travolta doing before Pulp Fiction? Nothing. Uh, no, no, he was in some stuff and it was all bad. He was he was doing film work up until that point. It was just really terrible. Surely get on that. I'm working on it. Hey, I just want to tell him what to do some one thing. Anyways, okay. So if you <laughs> if no, you I'm are going to include it. art as one as the culture of a society and have, who's talking. Oh, I like that movie. Oh, look God. who's talking. Anyway. Yeah, look who's talking too. <laughs> yeah. That's great. The the whole initial Tracking the semen shot is phenomenal. <laughs> what? Yeah, sperm. The, the, the not, no, 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 sperm. Not, yes. That's something else. Yes, sperm. You're right. Sperm. <laughs> Thank you. No, the initial, uh, the title sequence for Alan, I came here to do two things, and both of them are uh, fucking this up. Uh, no, the, the initial tracking shot for one of the Look Who's Talking movies was following um, a sperm through its life cycle. Yes. I'll take your word for it. I didn't know what that was when I was younger. Sperm? Yeah, because I was like, I don't know, six or seven. Oh, uh, when the movie came out? Yeah. yeah. And, and you watched this when it came out? Yeah, it was, a talk, it was Talking Babies. It's a good, it, it was good at the time. I don't know if it was good. Uh, you guys need to so, go see somebody because this is not okay. <laughs> I, just, I just accidentally uh, butt dialed or called somebody in a... Microsoft uh, Teams meeting who I had a meeting with prior to this and they heard what we were talking about. Oh so my. they've contributed more uh, Z words and we're dumbasses. Zorro and Zorro the Gay Blade. Oh, oh well, well, 
<laughs> so thank you, listener at home. Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> I should put my phone away before I, I get fired. Yes. Um, all right. I'll, I'll text our. I'll text the dean. Oh, yeah, with Zorro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know a couple good therapists. I'll be sending them your. Number. I'm going to get a psychiatric evaluation on Friday, just so you know. Like seriously? So who are yeah. you getting to teach your classes the following week? Because nobody, you're what? getting committed. No, I'll be fine. So are you going to start wearing a dress to work to get out? Clinger, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you going to be clinger now? I might. Am no, I? you're clinger. I mean, you're already clinker. Oh, uh, yeah, but no, he's not. You're more like the who's the doctor guy? I never saw Mash. You never fan of Mash? Mm. Who's the doc? They're all doctors. <laughs> There's a nurse no, in there. I meant that they're not all doctors. I meant the priest. He's more like the priest. The priest? Yeah. Oh, Father Mulcahy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want to be Father Mulcahy. Okay. Who's the other priest? Why do I get stuck with radar? There's only There's, one. There's priest. two priests, aren't there? <laughs> Jeez. Who's the other guy with glasses? Father Mulcahy. But isn't there no? Who's the guy uh, with the, like the mini the, and the squeaky little bit? Is that not radar? That I don't know what you guys are talking about. I'm gonna be on my phone. No, <laughs> yes, it is. It is radar. Radar. Is it does radar? Have yeah. Sorry, I thought radar was the priest. No, the priest and radar look eerily similar. Now that bit. I think about it. Yeah. See, I'm not. Uh, okay, never mind. Leave no, you are. Whatever Thanks. you're thinking, you are that for Thanks. sure. I like to think of myself as the Bill Murray of the group. Okay. Sure. What? Whatever. We're Clink. all entitled to our no. delusions. <laughs> you got yes. Bill Murray's hair, that's for sure. Oh, oh wow. That's, that's wow. mean. I'm going to be the Chevy Chase of the group. Nobody likes me and I'm an asshole. <laughs> Are you also incredibly racist and homophobic? Oh, like Chase <laughs> Constantly <laughs> falling over things. When, when necessary. Jeez. Wow. Actually, I'm not. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> I feel we punctuate. <laughs> You know, we should just release a goof episode of just <laughs> clapping the whole time. I could just cut them all together. Put it on the loop. Yeah. Uh, who's you Barris? You looped it. You looped it. If you're Bill Murray and you're Chevy Chase, who's Barris? Dan Aykroyd. Martin I was Short. about to say Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. That's really terrifying. <laughs> and I don't know. I don't know. No. Um. Oh, crap. What's his name? Egon. Be, Egon. Yeah. What's Egon's name? Oh, crap. Oh, why the... <sighs> This is what happens when we're actually in the same room. He's the dead one. And everybody's on their phone. So I'm going to, folks, I'm going to, this this segment is brought to you by uh, Google. Harold Ramis? Uh, Harold Ramis, yes. Harold Ramis, yes. Ooh, Zambezia. There's another. I saw people now sending. (laughs) You too, folks at home, can interact with us. Send us Z words. There are films that start with Z. Butt dialed by Vanderpool. Yes, if you're. uh, be fine. Potentially ever going to be on um, Jeopardy with Alex Trebek. Uh, movies, that, <laughs> movies that start with Z. Zorro the Gay Blade, the only one that matters. <laughs> yep. Zookeeper. Xanadu. Wait, that's an X. That would be an X. And we should watch Xanadu. And at some we point. should. We should do that in the Apple's a double episode. Get yes. like all the awful skate uh, the roller skating crappy musicals out of the way at once. So I have a confession. Another one? Yeah. I, None you know, of us are priests, but go ahead. I, I, well, I, um, yeah, get ready to clap. Um, <laughs> I, uh, didn't have much for this episode. Here, I tried watching. You've said I, this like I, 20 times I now. I think we get it. You can <laughs> I, only confess what we do not know already, <laughs> my child. <laughs> so, but I really tried this time. I tried to watch it and I had my, I had my book and I, you mm-hmm. know, I wanted, I want to be a good contributor. Um, so I cheated. And I started watching some YouTube videos of other people talking about this. 
And those things all sucked ridiculously. They were terrible. Yes. And I want to apologize to all those people right now because this isn't going very well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we've kind of gone off the rails. Well, how do we get us back on then, Clark? Okay, I have a question for you guys. So, Mike, you've been in and and been a part of and starred in movies. Yeah. He has been featured in movies. (laughs) I have actually been in a film, yes. Okay. One film? Come on, man. Come on. I've been in multiple films. Okay. So, as a filmmaker or a storyteller, is it a visual media or is it an audio media? Well, it's, it's a combination. Do you want to tell your story visually or through exposition? The best mo- exposition. 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 Well, the best movies, like I said, you could watch most movies. The best movies you could watch with the sound off and understand what's going on. Yes. And yeah. that's that's a mark of a true director, of a good director. I would think, yeah. So my question is. The words get in the way. Although you honesty. can do, you can do a snappy dialogue. Yes. Okay. I mean, obviously, Tarantino, early Tarantino in particular has demonstrated this to us. But those are anomalies. Yeah. Uh, and I would say that if that had been the only thing that Tarantino was capable of doing, he wouldn't still be making movies. So it's true. He's so, also really good at picking music. Yes. And again, making yeah. it another audio medium. But still, yeah. he can still do a visual every so often, too. So if you're a visual audio, you can have people talking and then have the background be something else to add to the conversation or add to the story or add to the world, right? Yep. Uh, sound or visual or Visual. Both. It's something in the background, like yes, uh, an object or whatever. Yeah, mise-en-scene is the way that cool you just say that. Within Mi- the scene. Mise-en-scene? Yeah. Is that French? I think it's, I don't know, it's German Sounds. or... That is French. Is it French? Yeah. Oh, okay. Look at you knowing French. If I can't pronounce it, it's yeah. French. <laughs> Either that or it's Latin. Yeah, right, because most of the early film... Or any um, Romance language, actually, but anyhow. Yeah, I, I mean, most of that early film stuff comes from either Russia or Germany. So... Like some of our terms. My question then is, if you are going to have... And I'm going back to this because it, it kind of intrigued me. If you're going to have art in your film, would you want the coolest art... Or would you want something that actually added to, like, there's a painting behind this person, and this painting is melancholy, and this person's acting happy, but they're really melancholy. But that's like this whole entire thing. It's like, I'm going to take some some things that people think are smart, like some T.S. Eliot, right? There's a T.S. Eliot, ref, uh, Eliot yes. reference in here. Yep. I'm just going to take a Nietzsche quote, or Nietzsche, however you say it. Nietzsche. Nietzsche? Nietzsche. Nietzsche. Okay. Nietzsche. I'm going to take all these quotes, right? And then I'm just going to dot them around here. And, oh, there's a famous painting in the background. And now I'm smarter because I know smart things. Yeah. Or I'm going to make or an association. what somebody, what you do to convey to people who you can't use real high art with. It's what you do to convey to them that the people you're dealing with in your movie are cultured. Yeah. Uh, it's <laughs> like, but, uh, but even, so Psycho, for example, um, in the book of psycho norman reads and it's his books that are kind of the symbol of where his intellect is going when hitchcock made the movie you know visual medium you don't want to have a guy sit around reading books and have every book title mean something or crap like that so he went with classical music instead the idea was that norman was a cultured man who was listening to this stuff and of course it it is intended to contrast with the fact that he murders people. So in this Spoilers. case, if you are spoiled by Psycho, you have a problem <laughs> yeah. and yeah. you're listening to a movie podcast. <laughs> uh, so uh, in this case, I think it is Borman trying to signal to an audience that he does not have 
that much respect for <laughs> that these people have absorbed all of human culture and knowledge and now they are bored with it and now they are doing chores on an irish estate for reasons and and is the computer told them to i mean isn't though and i think what's the most famous painting of all time i'd say probably the mona lisa is yeah. that a good painting nah. Nah. right it one of the reasons why it's famous is because uh it was stolen Four, three or four times, and one of the times it was stolen, one of the people that was sus- the suspects was Picasso in the nice. 1920s. I hear he wasn't a nice fellow. No, that guy was a jerk. But nobody ever called Pablo Picasso an asshole. <laughs> Song, but so much of our so repo much, man, watch a real movie. <laughs> <laughs> but but it seems like so much of what we consider to be is high art and culture. The right phrase, I don't even know. It is the Mona Lisa, um, you know, T.S. Eliot or uh, other be, people. We, we you, would you, consider that to be high culture. Yeah. yeah. So right. the paintings but that we just, have are just mainstream too. gibberish at the end of the day compared to everything else that's that's available. Right. It's 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 a superficial way of saying you're deep. Yeah. And cultured. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Actually. It's it's a very quick way of saying, hey, these people know things. Where, where they have, again, the montage of the people being, having stuff projected on them. Um, there was m- classical music projected on one person, uh, a painting of the Madonna and Child projected on another one, uh, foreign language, um, uh, mathematics. Yep. So there's a bunch of other stuff there, too, to kind of say, hey, we have this knowledge. It's the stuff this- you put on a board when your hero walks into the college classroom <laughs> in a movie to show that he's in college. <laughs> yeah. And it's then almost he comes like we're up- getting a... A lesson about higher education. <laughs> and then he comes up and he looks at it for a second and then he solves it and walks away. Or it's... Uh, <laughs> or he turns it into a penis. <laughs> clearly acknowledging he doesn't belong in college. Yeah. Yes, yeah. No, clearly acknowledging he does belong well, <laughs> in um, the real world. Yes. So there, Sorry, did you have something? Well, my point is, when we first walk into the vault of art... Um, we walk around and Zed goes, is this where you're, are these your gods or is this where your God lives? And they're all old Greek Roman ish yeah, Roman esque yeah. right. uh, uh, sculptures. And again, that's our connection to the appearance of the floating head, which looks like a very angry Zeus at the beginning. Mm. Okay. So yeah, yeah. we're seeing a, then see, there are connections in the movie. Yeah. I, I shouldn't call it a total piece of crap. It's only a mostly a piece of crap. <laughs> Continue. But so he, he's in this place and the Greek and Romans were known for their uh, pantheon of gods. And then we are on the vortex, which is kind of like Olympus almost, if you will, because yep. they're God like, um, so or Asgard or Asgard, some sort of, uh, pantheon. So, we have that, and then we go into the actual sculptures or and, and, and paintings and everything. And it, since they made that part where the sculptures are uh, important, then that tells me that the paintings are going to be important as well. Mm-hmm. And they do have a Vermeer in the background. He's he pokes really? a hole through a, a, a Van Gogh, it's not real Van Gogh, obviously, but so he has the Vermeer in the background uh, where Zed is. Um, it's called the music lesson. Um, the uh, Van Gogh is actually his doctor uh, when he went to um, he went to the Santa Psalm, then he was brought out and the, he lived with this doctor to kind of help him uh, cope with this. Um, and then th- there might have been some other ones, but those are the ones that really kind of stuck, stood out. And I thought that was of some importance, but probably not. <laughs> yeah, I, I really just think it's like I'm going to put some cool stuff in my office so people think I'm smart. 
Barris, I, isn't that what you do? <laughs> no, Alan, have you seen Zing. his office? <laughs> he, he, you really, you really do need a, a Captain America shield, though, like a full size metal. Yeah, well, I they can pay me more than I can afford. Yeah, it's, I mean, if, it's funny. If you I'll go use to, the frisbee for now. Thanks. <laughs> if you go to any of our offices, it looks more like a toy store than it does an actual. Click. Do you have an thinkers. office here? I do have my books. There. The campus yeah. is my office. So no. The world is his canvas. <laughs> the world means is his toilet. <laughs> 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 and that's art. So in essence, they, I'm pointing to Vanderpool and Barris, are in my office. Sure. Yes. Orifice? Office. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> no. No. You- <laughs> okay, guys. Did you learn anything? Wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. What the motherfunker do you think you're doing, Shirley? He's he's done with this episode. No, I've Wow. This is what you're paying me for. Because we might forget, actually. Not like we've ever forgotten this one. I'm gonna have to there will be cuts in this point. There will have been cuts made in this episode at this point, but we've been recording for fifty seven minutes. Yeah. And it's time to be done. You know what? That's what I said about this movie. But guess what? There's another 45 freaking minutes of it. If you want to pay me to sit here for another 45 minutes. I stopped the movie quite often and be like, oh, for your God. An hour left. 30 minutes left. 20 minutes left. Five minutes left. Let's talk about the ending. Yes. And then what we learned. The ending, I'm going to argue, is um, Consuela and... um, Zed get together after Zed kind of kills himself or a version of himself. Something. I don't know. He, he lets, shoots let's go of his old self. in the mirror gallery. He kills the, the old Zed, the dumbass with him. I don't yeah. know. What the Neandro, the, the brutal Neanderthal, right? Which is really what yeah, he, what he is yeah, here. Right. I think. And then he is uh, sitting next to Consuela, both dressed in uh, exact same garb, except it buttons on, Buttons on the other side, so you know fashion trend. Um, fashion trends are established and set, or uh, whatever. And then they age mm-hmm. as part of that. And then a child. Wait, she's pregnant in one shot. Yeah. Then the montage is basically like the child growing, child up. growing up, leaving them, leaving turning in Consuela, tempting to draw him back. But the manly Zed intervenes and yes. says, my man-child must go free into the world. Get your grimy female mitts off of her. I don't think he said it like that, but okay. That's <laughs> exactly what the director is saying. But anyway. Uh. So that, that montage continues after the child leaves or the grown-up, the child grows up and leaves. And then um, Zed and Consuela uh, turn into albino Klingons. And then die. And then turn into skeletons. But they literally, the makeup of them looking like old people was horrible. Mm-hmm. But, but they're is, probably like a thousand years old by that point. But so. It, so is this then, as, as we look at its entirety, right, is this really just a uh, Lord of the Rings-ish, Rings-ish prequel to all the pre-writing that... Tolkien did to set up like the Valhalla or whatever they were. I can't even remember the names of them, but the whole elves prior to man becoming what man was. Is this a angel demon society crumbling, turning into something new type story? Or am I looking way too much into it? Yes, but no. So 
No, but yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> what the crap? Because <laughs> like it's 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 definitely an evolution thing, right? They're 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 evolving. Yes, yes. There's evolution. A- there's religion. There's science. There's not science. And much like Mickey and Mallory Knox at the end of Natural Born Killers, they are That's, the new age. I would yes. love to write a paper comparing those the the last two films this film and and natural born killers there are so many similarities you could write books about just natural born killers or books about just this movie i would think i would think because you can write a book about anything yeah Yeah. you can in the movie god comes down upon zed and his followers and god is a is a is a human creation yes 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 yeah yeah yes and specifically a scam yeah it is scam to control other people so God comes down throughout the, uh, I think towards the middle of the movie, um, Zed is telling the story of how he learned about Zardas. And he says, this is where I lost my innocence. When then he learned with knowledge about books and he read and everything like that. So then later on in the movie, uh, the Garden of Eden is destroyed, if you will, or the vortex. Yes. And so the two people, man and woman, go out into a cave, and then that's where they kind of live. In the background, you see uh, hand... Uh, uh, cave paintings. Cave paintings, but this hand outlines of those, uh, those their two hands. And also the gun. Yes. Sean Connor Zed's gun. The uh, hand paintings uh, historically were thought to be the, the signature of the specific person. And what you'd have to do is actually put your hand on the cave wall, obviously, and then take pigment into your mouth and blow it through like a reed or some sort of uh, a tubular thing to blow it onto your hand. And each one was specific to the exact to the person. So it'd be their signature without obviously knowing how to write or, or anything like that. So it's them leaving their imprints, them moving forward, them starting anew with this new society. So. With all that said, my question is, is this a pre, during, or post-apocalyptic movie? Mm, I'd say post. Then, I mean, it goes through the post. We, we're dealing in the fall of our previous civilization. Mm-hmm. Uh, we find out what's been going on with this current civilization. So pre, again, we find out that this civilization stinks too and is in the process of falling and Zed is the mechanism of its fall. So it falls. And then we have the post-apocalypse again as we're trying to create a new society beyond it. So there you go. Mind blown. Not really. What makes a society? Um, a few people living together that share some kind of culture. Okay. So if I remember a society and then I move on and that society is quote unquote gone, but I remember it, I could still carry that society on. So my whole thing is what I've noticed is throughout all these, these, these movies, um, either when they're post-apocalyptic, they're technically not because you still could make that society again. It's just the, the governing structure of the government itself. The physical aspect of that is gone. But you still can have these people go, hey, I remember how democracy worked. Let's do that again. Well, and they think, could well, then think have about it. our uh, our biblical uh, uh, model for the apocalypse in yeah. this case, where we get our our uh, our interpretation of the word being the end of the world. Well, it's the end of the physical world. It's supposed to be the cre- the ongoing heavenly life after that. So mm-hmm. it's it's never an actual ending. It's just a vast it, disruption. Yes. 
of what came before and disruption in the modern venture capitalist sense here where things are being ruined on purpose in order to wedge into that and to create a new thing. And is it, and is, is the Eternals, they've built their society and they are immortal and, and they can't get out of it themselves because they're so tightly coupled into it that they need an external source to come and destroy what they have because they can't do it themselves. Yes, with Zardoz being the chosen one in this case. Yeah. Zed. Sorry, Zed, Zed. being, I, I'm getting so, fatigued now. Which Zed is, is Zed? actually the English. I was thinking about the Matrix all of a sudden. That's why I have, I have uh, energy drink. Uh, Zion's energy. Are, are you are you trying to get? I'm a, trying to get some sponsorship, bro, because I ain't paying this guy any more than Mary. Hey, did. you know what I like to do when I'm not free sponsoring time? anything that doesn't know how to spell science. <laughs> yeah, dude. Why would you name your product? Hey, X Y I N S. Why are you naming your sh- stuff? Anyways, something we can't pronounce. That's, now that's not how you get people to sponsor you. So, sorry, by their pot. You, you mean if we put A and W a logo on a rapist, it ain't gonna get us no business? <laughs> you crazy, super girl. Oh, one last thing, Supergirl. Um, no, seriously, Alan. Speaking this of is, yeah. rapists, so, so you brought up you brought up like her. <laughs> not really. <laughs> you brought up uh, um, uh, the seventies as an inspiration. Matt Frewer, you're actually a wonderful person. Yes, thank you, Matt Frewer. We're for, sorry that you were in that crappy movie. If um, you would like to sponsor our podcast, <laughs> Matt Frewer, if you have a podcast, we'll sponsor your podcast. If you sponsor our podcast, um, you brought up the seventies as a, as inspiration to this film. Um, also, uh, I noticed a similarity to Supergirl, which came out roughly about the same time. And there's this conversation about imagination and creativity mm, yeah, being yeah. like bad in both films. And I'm wondering that came out of the seventies, that, that mindset. Yes, please tell us. Cause I don't know anything. It's else. a little tricky actually, because, uh, if we go with the argument that the sixties are a triumph of, um, I don't know, inspiration and freedom and all of the things that are supposed to come around with it. I think it would be natural that the 70s and the 80s in particular would see that, uh, the contraction of those things as being the natural state. Oh, the con- maybe the we got a little right? too free or maybe we got a little too imaginative and now we got to be serious and put on leisure suits. Got to put on my big boy pants. <laughs> Or big boy red leather diaper. Sardaz. <laughs> oh, it was described as a mankini. Right, so mankini? We've got, yes. we've got two things left, uh, and I don't know which order we do them in, but it's either I pick the film, the next film, because it's my last. turn. You want to do that last? Yeah, we'll do, do that last. last. Yeah. And then now, ladies and gentlemen, this segment brought to you by people who know things. What did you learn? If anything at all. I don't Barris, know. If you want to go first? I don't know if I learned anything. This may be one of those times I ingested content and honestly didn't don't have any real things I learned. You know what I learned? I'm going to let you guys go first because <laughs> I've learned to let others go first. <laughs> I've learned that Ireland is quite beautiful when the weather's right, but boring as hell to shoot a movie. In. <laughs> it's no New Zealand. Yeah, it's true. I suppose I should have known that from Father Ted, actually, where the boringness of Ireland is a joke, actually. Speaking of Ireland, have you ever seen uh, An Everlasting Peace? No. No. Oh, Alan, watch An Everlasting Peace. It is about the IRA. Oh. And the piece is a hair piece. So, yes. Wow. Moving on. 
Yes. Clink, what did you learn? Well worth the watch. You'd appreciate it. This movie was a cautionary tale about us re- reaching our, our peak, but then not being able to go any higher. So the journey is more important than the destination. That's and what I learned. Can, and we can only reach our end destination by destroying all works of art, <laughs> apparently. Yeah, I, not that, not that. Yeah, Clink, you might want to be looking for a job here soon. <laughs> no, in that culture, he'd have a job because you have to replace all the paintings. It's right. twenty two ninety three, by the way, so I have some time. What am I going to hang above my sofa now oh. that we destroyed all the paintings? <laughs> That's what was really interesting. At the beginning of all these apocalyptic films or science fiction films, they want to do like set in, and that was the joke in Galaxy Store, set in 3 billion, 29.44. This film specifically says, is in the title, set in 2293. Yes. Not in 2293, set. So it's presented as a Shakespearean play. It highlights the drama that Zardoz is bringing to us. Like he, he would talk like that and everything too. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Which is why I want to dump his books. <laughs> so I learned just now oh, that geez. if we remake this movie, Alan is playing Zardoz. <laughs> yes. That's what I learned. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Is God in show business too? <laughs> yeah. I can be, oh I can be a vaguely menacing, obnoxious guy. <laughs> hey, Alan, you teach. Uh, that's that's speech, what right? students say. <laughs> okay, so, Alan, if if somebody came in with a monologue from Zardoz at the beginning, would you give them extra credit <laughs> for speech class? <laughs> yeah, no, but I would let them do it because it would be funny. <laughs> so, I have a film for our next adventure as we continue to explore apocalyptic zambesia he said it apocalyptic yeah dude i just i do it as a goof but can you say what is it eschatological is that the one you can't say eschatological scatological no, no not scatological is one thing that's different eschatological wait wait yeah i don't think we want that the first one that's no, 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 something no, no, else no, no, no. <laughs> that's the british sense of humor oh yeah oh geez i picked a film and i have no effing clue guys so this is this is going to be like potential to be zardazian she, from 1984, she. in a post-apocalyptic world, she, capital S, she, so like God in the Bible, you know, aids two <laughs> brothers. It's capital H. I know, I know. She, <laughs> hey, you heard of that Bible, right? <laughs> <laughs> He's my go-to Bible guy. Uh, she aids two brothers' quest to rescue their kidnapped sister. Along the way, they battle weird creatures before standing against the Odds to defeat the evil Norks. She. Oh, this is going to sting. Yes. Starring. No one. So, okay. Look, I'm looking at the cast. She. Then there's Tom. And then there's Chandra. Chandra and then there's Dick. And then there is Harry. H-A-R-I. So I am so excited. Now you have verified uh, that we can find this movie. No, he hasn't. He no, just googled it like I, two seconds no, ago. No, I googled this like two weeks ago. Oh, okay. It's, it's I was attempting to. It's on Prime. Okay, okay. Is yeah. it free on the Prime? Uh, Prime. 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 Was it free required, on the so. Prime? <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm not old. You're old. No. Oh, no. <laughs> somehow, Clink. Somehow, aside from me, and I don't really count. You're the youngest person in this group, and you somehow manage to act the oldest every week. I know. Watch for free on Prime. Sweet. Well, good. At least it won't cost me anything. Ooh, it's a, re- a few brain cells. It's a remake of a novel. 
Oh, let's rewind here. That be um H. Ryder Haggard. Yeah, dude. Alan, he's fucking smart, dude. They don't call him Doctor Love for nothing. L U V. Was Zardoz based on a book? Because I, I couldn't find anything. I don't, about think, that. I don't think, think so. so. Yeah. I think it was Borman's baby. It's just a very bad idea. Well, I think it, it seems it's like its it, own special bad. Idea. If it were a book, I think it would be a much better because you can actually explain everything. And like, there's a scene where friend. I'm sorry, we keep coming to come back what, to this. There's a scene where friend goes into the the bakery area. Zed leaves and friend just says something, but it sounds like it's gibberish and it sounds like it's backwards. Yeah. I actually went searching for that on Google and there's a whole thread of people saying, I have no idea what this man is saying. And they even said that they thought it was backwards, but it wasn't backwards and that was Gaelic backwards and this and that. I think that this film is the result of a liberal arts education. <laughs> <laughs> you take all the best parts from everything. Then and just, I am proud of this movie. Yeah, It's a great movie. <laughs> you don't like it. I love it. It changed my life. <laughs> oh, that's right. I mean, it made me grow a month. <laughs> I learned that my wife will not kiss me with this mustache. <laughs> she kisses you when you don't have a mustache? Uh, Anyways. <laughs> you know, there's a line, Shirley. I haven't you talk about my yet. wife. No, for the love. Can you just end the podcast now? Actually, I'm here just to keep it going longer because I know it torments you. <laughs> That's why I'm a teacher. All right, say bye, folks. Bye, bye folks. folks.